It's real simple. You out bluff them, you out tackle them, you out hit them, you out hustle them. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. All right, welcome in week I guess week one now, because not week two, because last week was week zero, so we're not... Ho, 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 I was just walking by, so I'm RJ. I'm going to make a commitment. I didn't think I'd listen, even listen to this, but then I thought, why wouldn't I? And I started listening last week, and it it sucked me in. And I'm going to make the following commitment to you. If you go better, or seven and one or better, (laughs) I will show up for five minutes the next episode. Just answer questions, like an interview, kind of. So the goal is six and two this week. It's kind of like, remember when, on Laverne and Shirley, when the Fonz would stop by? Uh, yeah, we don't want the Fonz stopping by. Too, it's too much shine. What do you think that did for the ratings? Uh, it was probably great for the ratings, but... Uh, yeah. right. Well, let's just say this. <laughs> Scott, the week you go 4-0, mm-hmm. and I will do the Clark Saturday, uh, Yeah, it sounds great. And we'll see how the ratings Okay. <laughs> but you got my, do you want to accept my offer? I do. All right, seven and one or better. All right, eight and zero. I'm here. All right, seven and one. You're here. Let's do it. Six one and one. Sorry, not good enough. Okay. Enjoy, guys. And the reason RJ says eight. That, here's the deal, uh, guys. For for those of you who've been loyal listeners over time, we we've decided one episode. Well, I mean, we did a college pod last year. New new uh, personnel, but. What we've got this week is we're we're gonna this season. I mean, is we're going to enter a contest over at Westgate. They've got it, or excuse William me, Will Hill. Hill, not yeah. not Westgate, but Will Hill has a college football contest that requires eight picks a week. Eight picks a week. It starts on week two, though, so it starts September tenth. So this week doesn't count for the contest, but we're going to treat this week like practice, it's a contest baby. week. Practice makes perfect. Yes. Now I wish last week would have counted. Last week would have been a good week, but we we only had seven picks. That's true because we were both on UConn plus the points. and no totals, which is tough uh, for me specifically. I, I like you guys know I like the totals, and you would think, man, eight picks a week is a lot, and I think it is. But I think that's where the beauty of of us both being here it, it helps uh-huh. it, that you've just got to come up with four. Give me your best four, my yeah. best four, and in fact, what we're going to do is get we're going to come up with our best nine uh, during the season and. Give those to uh, Steve Fezzik. Let him eliminate our lemon. <laughs> so uh, I think this is going to work out great. But I love the idea of, of you know coming up with our eight every week. We're going to go through all the games, of course. Uh, that's that's what we do. Uh, not I shouldn't say all the games. All the games of relevance, relevance to most interest games, to most people. Games and then the games that we're obviously on or leaning for, uh, and the games that we're going to be betting on that are going to be a part of our eight-game package. And then out of those eight games that we're selecting for the contest, one of those is going to be a best bet. Yeah. And we're going to give that out as a best bet for for you. Basically, one of ours, of the eight that we we submit, and we, we go over our eight before, whichever one we like the most. And here's what we can pledge. Like, because we're putting this podcast out on Wednesday, we're probably going to turn these picks in Friday night, Saturday morning. Mm Mm-hmm. Things change. Yes. So, but what I will say is, if our, and so these are all what we would play to if we had to turn it in today. If there's a change on our best bet, if for some reason we decide, hey, we're not going to put our best bet on our card this week, 
we will let you know via Twitter as soon as possible. Yes. Uh, I I can't really foresee that happening. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, I remember last year Mississippi State's bowl game. Mississippi State was my my best bet, and then maybe three days later, I find out oh, none of their team is playing. They've all got COVID. Mm. So I guess now more than ever, it's relevant that there are you know that things could happen that would make us not want to be on this team. So we'll let and you. Like, there was a game last year. I think there was a Memphis game last year where Seth Hennigan, the quarterback, did not play, and I was on Memphis all week, and then he doesn't play. And it affected the game completely, and I wanted to back off. Sure. That. So that's what we'll do. We'll let you know as soon as we know we're looking to get out of this thing, or we don't we don't believe in this thing anymore. We'll let you know as soon as we know. All right. So first, let's do. We're going to run through the top twenty-five, and we'll give a quick hit on every game. Just a, our, our general thoughts, at least on the games that we aren't including in our eight. Some of these are going to be in our eight, and we'll get in, into more depth on those. But let's start with the number one team in the country, the Alabama Crimson Tide. Line sitting anywhere between 41.5 to 42.5. So for our purposes, we'll call it 42, hosting Utah State. What do you think, Scott? Do I dare take the points with Utah State? Good luck. That's the question you have to ask yourself. And we all know Alabama in the first half comes out strong, and they're going to go up by 21 going into the locker room. But this is the first game of the season. And could I see Alabama in the fourth quarter with the stadium emptied out because the fans leave after they have a 40-point lead that Utah State backdoors this thing? With Texas on deck, on the road, I can see Alabama taking the foot off the gas pedal in the fourth quarter. And so maybe this number is just high enough that you can go the other way. I will not be going the other way because I saw Utah State fight for their lives against UConn last week. Sure. And I saw uh, Nathan Carter run for nine and a half yards per carry Mm -hmm. against this Utah State defense. So now I'm picturing taking out UConn and putting in basically an NFL roster, a future NFL roster, and what will they do running the football against this team? And I, I can't even imagine. They'll well, do whatever I'm they want. Really looking forward to the start of my Jameer Gibbs Heisman campaign. I, I think it's a good. You've got a good start. I, I I gave it out. I've told people for weeks, months. I got Jameer Gibbs to win the Heisman Trophy, fifty to one. This is the start of the campaign. He rushes for. Upwards of 200 yards, a couple of touchdowns here against Utah State. We're on our way. All right, let's move on to two versus five. Uh, Ohio State is a 17-point favorite against Notre Dame. By the way, the 17-and-a-half, when Marcus Freeman heard that, he got all pissed off about it. (laughs) The market responded, dropping it back down to 17. Uh, What's your initial thoughts on this game? That it's a reality check for Notre Dame that they're going to realize that this is a they're not on the same level. They might be ranked number 5. They're not they're, the fifth best team in the country. I don't know, I don't know who is. I don't either, but I, I know, know it's I know it's not Notre Dame. I don't know if there is. That's the thing. Like, there's different tiers in college football right now. You could say that it's Alabama, Ohio State in that first tier, then it's Georgia in the second tier by themselves. 
And then I think there's a group of teams that are fighting to be in that third tier. And then it's everybody else. Yeah. Notre Dame is closer to the and everybody else than, than they, they are to are tier to two be into tier three. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I don't know what to think of Notre Dame. I do think taking a, a first time starter at quarterback into the horseshoe for your first start. Uh, you've replaced the captain of your defense. You got a whole new coaching staff. Good luck if you want to go against this Ohio State. This Ohio State offense, which is just incredible, I'm not looking to get in the way. I'm at least not yet. Uh, Georgia against it, it, Oregon, and I won't. I'll say this is a neutral site game, though it is being played in the state of Georgia. Georgia, 17 point favorite against Oregon. It might as well be a de facto home game for Georgia. And no, it's not in Athens. It's in Atlanta, but still. It's the it's SEC territory, right? It's the side of the SEC championship game. Georgia plays that, you know, Chick-fil-A kickoff game often there. And to me, this is Bo Nix versus Kirby Smart. And for the previous three seasons that Bo Nix was the quarterback at Auburn, he has had zero success against Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs defense. One touchdown and two interceptions in three losses against Georgia. Now he's at Oregon. It's a completely different team, completely different offense. It's a whole turnover with this Ducks program. I don't think they're going to be ready to compete with a team on the level of Georgia here in week one. I could see him hanging in this game. I, I could see, you know, I, I'm not crazy about Stetson Bennett. I don't think this team is built to really run the score up on people. I think that it's a lower scoring game than what the total presumes it will be. And let's be fair, Dan Lanning, who comes from Georgia, now the yep. head coach at Oregon, so definite familiarity with the roster. So if there's anybody that's going to, obviously he has intimate knowledge of what went on the past several seasons, so he could maybe be cooking up something. Yeah. But Kirby Smart knows that. I agree. All right, Clemson at Georgia Tech. Uh, Clemson, 22-point favorites, the fourth-ranked Tigers. That's a Monday game, by the way. Would it shock you? Excuse me, a Sunday game. Would it shock you if Georgia Tech was close in this game? Yes. Here's Here's why. Okay. This Whatever you think of Clemson, and you can think their quarterback play is shoddy, and I won't argue with you. I, I I don't know if DJ is the answer or not. I got a Heisman ticket on Cade Klubnik. Okay, so. I, and I, again, I'm not going to argue. <laughs> and with, he's going to play. I'm not going to argue. Dabo with has this. said he's going to play early. What I think is indisputable is this Clemson defense is elite, and you've got Georgia Tech who's trying to transition into a non-option offense, and that takes time. And we've seen the last couple matchups, they can't score against this this Clemson defense. Mm -hmm. Georgia Tech is just not built to put up points. Uh, I'm going to be looking for a Georgia Tech team total under. I don't know how how much Clemson scores. I just know Georgia Tech's not going to put much up. Uh, We're seeing a total in this game of 51, which has gone down from 54 on the open. But the spread has gone up. So the money has come in on Clemson, pushing it from 21 to 22, 22 and a half. The total, though, has been bet down from 54 to 51, which is complete opposite sides here. Yeah. I don't, I don't like that at all. But it would lean towards your Georgia Tech team total under theory. 
that this game does go under while Clemson wins by 20 points. All right, Texas A&M, the sixth-ranked team. They're playing uh, an FCS school, Sam Houston State, so we won't count that one. Uh, Utah and Florida matchup. I, maybe I think maybe the most competitive big-time matchup this week. Uh, number seven, Utah taking on Florida. Utah now up to three-point favorites. I love this Utah team. I was high on them last year. I bet on them a lot last year. This year, going into this season, I was singing their praises. And then all of a sudden, everyone's on Utah. Does it scare me that the whole world is on Utah? To the fact where, you know, this game opened up where they were a dog. And it's been bet to the side that they're laying a field goal. I don't can it's not it doesn't concern me. I, I, I I'm asking like kind of, you know Rhetorically. Rhetorically, yeah. does it concern me? It doesn't concern me. Yeah, I George, think uh, Utah is the class of the Pac twelve in my opinion. I agree. Kyle Whittingham is one of the more elite coaches in the country. I'd say he's a top five coach in the country. I yeah, I don't think I'd argue against that. And and this this Utah team is top twenty. They're, they're they're returning a ton of people. Florida's bottom twenty in mm-hmm. returning production. You know, it, we it wasn't quite to like the Hawaii level, but it, this team, Dan Mullen, lost his team last year. Oh yeah, and a lot of guys left, including some guys who transferred from Florida to Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I love this spot for Utah. I think that they are. Uh, they're going to be in this thing all season long, and I think this is where it starts. I think the world starts to take notice of Utah. Uh, and I, so I like Utah minus three. But our guy Dave Essler mm-hmm. has a pick on this as well. He's not as interested in the points. Let's listen to Uncle Dave. I love and I bet the Utes minus 140 over the Gators Saturday night. There are reasons to like Florida. I do like the Napier hire, and I do love to bet against teams from the dry climates coming to the humidity of Florida. But in this case, for me, that's not enough. Is this for a day game? Maybe. Napier had the ninth-ranked recruiting class last year, but for now, he's still coaching Dan Mullen's players, specifically quarterback Anthony Richardson. He's not a great decision-maker. He is a running threat, far more than a vertical threat, and that's great because the Utes bring back 10 starters from a defense that only allowed 3.8 yards per carry last season. The Gators' starting tailback, Transfer from the Sun Belt, Napier coached him at ULL. He's not a receiving threat, and he will struggle to pass block in a big boy conference. Utah returns 84% of their offensive production from a unit that put up 45 points and rushed for 226 yards in the Rose Bowl against Ohio State. And if they can do that with a few weeks to prepare, then I will trust Whittingham will be ready for the swamp. The Utes are one of the best player development programs in the nation. Utah, and specifically quarterback Cam Rising, don't beat themselves a turnover. Florida does. Only 12 teams in the nation had a worse plus-minus number than the Gators last season. Napier will fix that, but I digress. Not with Dan Mullen's players. And Utah moves into the top five after Notre Dame loses to Ohio State. So I bet the Utes minus 140 to beat the Gators. Agree with everything he says here. This is a, a team that doesn't make a lot of mistakes going up against a team that at least a year ago made a ton. I think Billy Napier is a good coach. 
I don't know if he's a coach for a job like Florida. Mm-hmm. I think it may take some time to find out because he certainly has some uh, some guys that are going to take some time to develop. Uh, but I trust Utah here. And look at the way that Utah acquitted themselves in the Rose Bowl last year. No doubt. The back-and-forth game with Ohio State, and, and people wanted to talk about the players that were missing for Ohio State and whether they would be motivated to play in that game or whatever. But Utah held their own. It was 48-45 shootout. Uh, I just don't see Florida being able to beat this team as presently constituted. All right, Colorado State at at Michigan. Michigan 30-point favorites at home against Colorado State. I, I'll, I'll just throw this out there before you, and you can take, give me your take on the side, but I like the over in this game. I think what Harbaugh did to these quarterbacks – in a way, it, it was, it's. I mean, he made it sound crazy when he starts talking about biblical decisions and mm-hmm. things like that. But I think what he did was he he did the right thing by instead of giving a guy a package here and a package there, said, "Hey, this is your game. Yeah. Show me what you got. This is your game. Show me what you got." And I think Cade McNamara says, "Okay, I got to put on a show here against Colorado State because." J.J. McCarthy gets to play against Hawaii next week. That's what I wanted to ask you, is that um, how much does the pressure of the next guy getting the start weigh in on McNamara? And is that a positive or a negative? You're looking at it as a positive, thinking he's going to try, and they want to put up as many points. Style points, baby. And this is the incumbent guy. This is the guy who got you to your Final Four last year. The players Mm want to play with him. I mean, I, I would expect... This is a good day for him. And then on the other side, Jay Norvell, he's bringing a high-flying offense. He brought a ton of great transfers from Nevada. There's a reason why Nevada stinks now. Yeah. Jay Norvell took his scheme and took all his good players with him. Uh, Clay Millen, a highly touted redshirt freshman quarterback. I expect them to have some success on that side of the ball. Remember how efficient this Michigan offense was though, a year ago. I think as much as they lost on defense, losing Aiden Hutchinson, you know, that's a it's a big deal. Yeah. But the offense is intact, uh, so I, I think over is the play on this thing. It's 61-and-a-half. It's a big number. Sure. But we've seen Michigan do this before, too, especially teams on, not on their level. I don't hate it. I'll allow it. You got to take on the 30? I wouldn't touch the 30. Okay. Uh, speaking of 30, Oklahoma minus 30 hosting UTEP. I'm so fascinated by this Oklahoma team. Because I think Dylan Gabriel is in for, you know, a a really good season. He is now playing with – and I'm not saying he didn't have talent at UCF. Mm -hmm. But the talent level at Oklahoma now is just on another level. He's reunited with Jeff Levy, former OC, who is going to be running this fast-paced offense in Norman. It's something that Oklahoma hasn't really done before. Is it something that Brent Venables wants to be run? Probably not. Because I mean, it's, at the it's end gonna, of the day, it's his call. It's going to put a lot of stress on his defense, right? The defense is going to be on the field a lot. Yeah. They're not going to get a lot of breaks because of the fast-paced nature of this offense. But Dylan Gabriel is the right guy to run this offense. And with the talent around him, Oklahoma is going to put up points. And they're going to win games big. This is not, This is not your daddy's Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, I, I, here's where I stand on this. I think if UTEP can keep it, if you want UTEP in any way, you want them in the first half. You saw this against North Texas a week ago. 
UTEP was able to hang around for a little while, and then eventually the depth of North Texas just took over, and UTEP couldn't hang. Now imagine they were playing a team with much better talent, yeah. much much more depth. So I think UTEP, if if UTEP's going to have any success, it'll be early. I don't know that they'll have any. Thirty is too many for me to lay. Uh, but I, I'm I'm also I've got no interest in the underdog, uh, at least in, in this matchup. No, sir. All right, the Baylor Bears, the 10th-ranked Baylor Bears, taking on Albany. <laughs> so their game not lined either. So, And we've talked about number 11, so we'll move on to number 12, Oklahoma State, who, listen, a year ago, th- this was one of the best defenses in the country. We'll see how they do against Central Michigan. Oklahoma State, 21.5-point favorites with a new D.C., as Jim Knowles goes off to Ohio State. Yeah. Um, they probably roll here. They probably do. I, I mean, this is not – Central Michigan is not good. The Chippewa. They're, yeah, they, they don't have the kind of uh, – and I think the defense for Oklahoma State will be good. Mm-hmm. I don't think it will be as good as a year ago. I think they massively overachieved a year ago because they had great coaching. But Central Michigan, not the team to take advantage of it, at least not in my opinion. Uh, number 13 – Boy, a team that's got a lot of hype coming into the season. North Carolina State taking on East Carolina. 12 points you're getting if you like East Carolina at home. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm leaning at least towards East Carolina here. Uh, the, Don't you think this has to be a statement win to start the season for NC State with all the expectations that they have? Everyone's talking about this team as the team that's going to unseat Clemson in the ACC. They are, and they're all talking about this quarterback. And Leary, I, listen, I think he's great. I think he lost all his weapons. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it's it's. I think Clemson is in this position where everybody's looking for for a reason to not pick Clemson. Tell me why Clemson isn't going to win the yeah. ACC again. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Because there's a question mark. If Trevor Lawrence or Deshaun Watson was playing quarterback, no one would be looking for a second team in the ACC to back. They'd just assume, oh, it's Clemson. But because there's weakness, perceived weakness with Clemson, who's it going to be? Mm-hmm. And everyone's picking NC State. That's what it is. So I, I don't see this NC State team being that. I'm not crazy about East Carolina. Uh, I, I liked the under in this game earlier in the week. Bet down significantly from 56 to 52. The game's probably a stay away from me altogether here. All right, let's go to USC, another team with big expectations coming <laughs> into the season. 32-point favorites hosting the Rice Owls. You see, I, I'm not going to play this game, but USC's covering this number. <laughs> Because with all the talk about Lincoln Riley coming in, with all the talk about him bringing bringing over Caleb Williams, right? This offense has to put up points, and it has to blow teams out. And I think they're going to put up a big number here in their opener. And I wouldn't be surprised— the total here is 61 and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if USC scores a 50 burger in this spot. And which what's is interesting and the reason why I fade USC this year in general like I, I think that you, when I like the, the they're the favorite to win the Pac-12, I said no, it doesn't matter. Utah's mm-hmm. a better team. The reason I believe that is 
I think Lincoln Riley comes in. I think the offense is fantastic. The offense wasn't USC's problem a year ago. Yeah. Offense was good last year. Mm-hmm. It's the defense that stunk. So my question is, why is this total being bet down? Why is it at 61.5 now? It was 64.5. Yeah. The only reason is people just don't think that Rice is going to score, and they think they, that USC Have those takes, people seen USC's defense? They think USC takes its foot off the pedal in the, in the fourth quarter. Which I guess is entirely possible. If, if I were looking to play this game, I, I'm probably playing the over 61 and a half. Uh, let's go to a battle of Michigan. Michigan State taking on Western Michigan, 21 and a half. The Broncos. Kind of the consensus here with Michigan State. I don't feel comfortable with this one. I wouldn't lay it. I would lean under. Okay, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't look at Michigan State as a team that's going to blow out teams, even bad teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're solid. I don't know if they're the 15th best team in the country. I think we'll find out eventually. But I, I don't look at this team as a team that's just going to run away from people. So it's dog or pass. Miami takes on Bethune-Cookman. No line. Mm-hmm. So we'll move on. Well, we'll skip Pitt-West Virginia because that's in our eight. Uh, the backyard ball, a game that we're definitely going to get into. Uh, so I, I want to spend some more time on that one. Number 18 is Wisconsin, hmm. and they're taking on Illinois State. Yep. So we'll move past them to number 19, Arkansas. Another really interesting matchup week, week one, Arkansas taking on Cincinnati. This ain't the same Cincinnati team from last year, and I think you see that with mm-hmm. a team that was in the playoff. You know, they're giving – they're they're getting six and a half points against the Hogs. It's a transition for Cincinnati for sure. And there's going to be a lot of people that are bullish on Cincinnati just because of what they've done the past couple of seasons. And I understand that, right? We love the coach. We love what they have accomplished. Desmond Ritter was amazing. But... This is not the same team. And when you look at Arkansas, you look at what Sam Pittman has built there over the past several seasons. K.J. Jefferson, Raheem Sanders, uh, talented receivers. I just think that Arkansas is going to – I think Arkansas is going to have their way with Cincinnati. Okay. It's a strong take. I, 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 I haven't bet it. I might wind up betting it, but I like Arkansas, and I like Sam Pittman, and I think that this is too much of a transition for Cincinnati. All right, let's move on to number 20, Kentucky. Uh, they are 16-point favorites. Some money's come in on Miami of Ohio. This thing opened at 21. Kentucky kind of one of the the dark horse darlings of the SEC East. Like People think Kentucky football has finally found its footing. What do you think? I was on them last year. Last year was the year. This year, I don't think they catch anybody With by surprise. Hype, yeah. And and it's one thing to be the hunter. It's another thing to be the hunted. And some teams do better in that underdog hunter role where you're chasing the teams above you. But when everyone is chasing you, when you are expected to win, I got to see it happen first. I got to see how they handle the success rather than the adversity. Let's move on to another SEC school, number 21, Ole Miss. 21.5 point favorites against Troy. Another team that's in a bit of a transition, right? Like This is not the same Ole Miss team 
right. we've come, you know, that we've uh, grown to love, right? Matt Corral's gone. So, you know, what are they going to look like this year? Uh, how much is, um, what is it, Alt Altmeyer? Um, is the quarterback uh, Jackson or, Dart? Or is Jackson Dart going to yep. start? Yeah. Okay. So you got Jackson Dart from USC. Uh, I guess Luke Altmyer's there as well. I I, I got to watch this team first. I don't. Th- I can't bet on them without seeing what this incarnation looks like. But we all know the system. Mm-hmm. It's going to lend to being high scoring. I, I agree. Fifty seven. The total's been bet down from sixty one. If anything, Troy is an offense first team as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're a good offense with real questions on defense. And if I if I'm getting a, a reduced total in a game that Lane Kiffin's coaching yeah. against a bad defense, I, I, I the over is the only way I'd look in this game. Twenty one and a half, a little heavy for my hand, but I, I over fifty seven might end up making my card. Mm-hmm. All right, the uh, the Wake Forest, and man, this is uh, Wake so Forest. Bad. I do too. Wake Forest was a team that I actually it was was looking hard at this year. You lose your quarterback though, and and mm-hmm. everything's going your way. You, Changes everything. They were returning. I, I want to say ten out of eleven guys on offense, and then they lose Sam Hartman. It's like, well, what are you going to do? Thirty-two points at VMI. I could see them covering this week, mm-hmm. and then people being like, oh, maybe things are okay because the system's good. But I I, I think that. It, this it might be fool's gold if they do cover this week. Yeah, I, I I can't touch this team until like you know until we watch it. Um, I just I feel so bad because Hartman is a real shot to be a top quarterback taken in the NFL draft. Yeah, and whatever issue he's dealing with, I hope it gets resolved, and I hope we see this kid back on the football field. Uh, number twenty three, Cincinnati. We've discussed twenty four and twenty five. Houston and BYU will be in our eight pack. So we will, uh, I guess, let's just jump into that. Well, you want to just run through the Thursday schedule first? Because the standalone games here that we're going to see here on Thursday. I I mean, I think there's one that we really need to discuss, and that's the Penn State-Purdue game. Yeah. That's the marquee game. I'll say this. Jahan Dotson covered up a lot of problems for Penn State's offense Mm. last year. Him being gone is a definite concern. But one of the things he didn't have to cover up was the Penn State back seven on defense, which was, I think, elite and they're going to be elite again. Now they face a Purdue offense that's about as one-dimensional as it gets passing the ball. And well, I know Aiden O'Connell's good. Aiden O'Connell's great, yeah. deserving of a lot of love. But guess what? His top three wide receivers from last mm-hmm. year are all gone. And Purdue is in Ohio State where you can have a, a, a receiver get drafted in the second round and, oh, no worries, we got another one just like him. Who's better. No, it doesn't work <laughs> that way at Purdue. And then on top of that, you know, being out with Karloftis, a first-round pick who caused a bunch of problems for mm-hmm. quarterbacks last year. And you can say Sean Clifford was a disappointment last year, and he kind of was at the end of the year. But a lot of Penn State's slide in the late season and his slide – coincided with him getting hurt. So I I don't think we saw Sean Clifford healthy in the late half of last season. I think they've the Penn State's got to run the ball better. They've got to control the clock. But their secondary is certainly good enough to limit O'Connell. I, I don't think Penn State wants to play a shootout. I think they want to grind this thing. I lean toward Penn State. I lean toward the under. The game has been bet down 56.5 to the open. It's down to 53. Which is not great because Penn State's gone from minus three to three and a half. Yeah. So both the ways I'm looking are probably, that's why I'm leaning. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to end up playing either one because those those markets move in the opposite directions yeah. of what I want. I thought about the over, to be honest with you. 
I thought that both of these teams could, you know, this this could be a 27, 28, 27, something like that. You know, both teams scoring four touchdowns. Uh, something in that range that gets this thing to be pushed up to 54, right? Yeah. 54 final score. What, 27, 24 is 54. 51. It's 51. Well, there's my math. So let's go 20, uh, yeah, 28, 26. Yeah. Something around that. Uh, that's 54, right? Um, Oh no! Did I, I, I think the I, line move is gonna. It's it's enough to keep me off of it. I mean, everything, every score I keep bringing up makes me think Purdue plus the points. <laughs> well, there you go. It sounds sounds like maybe you're you're fine in your way. I'm just thinking about the possible scores for this game, and everything is falling within a field goal for me. So maybe I like Purdue plus the points. All right, I know on your Thursday in our eight pack, you've got a Thursday matchup. Yeah, and uh, I uh, the number has gotten away. But I still would play this up to about eight. Okay, and you put this on the card at eight. And that's Pittsburgh minus seven and a half. Okay. To me, it's a talent mismatch between Pitt and West Virginia. I understand the emotions of the backyard brawl, but this isn't your prototypical late in the year, cold weather backyard brawl. Uh, these teams obviously very close in proximity, but they haven't played in a couple of years. So I don't know how much the players on this roster really understand this rivalry. Here's what we do know. Mark Whipple's gone. Offensive coordinator. Who does Narduzzi... He's getting fingers pointed at him at Nebraska. Sure, sure. <laughs> who does Pat Narduzzi bring in? Frank Signetti, who has experience in the NFL. Obviously, was with the Green Bay Packers before he was the offensive coordinator at Boston College. And this is going to be a more balanced pro-style offense. A lot of run, which is going to set up the play action, which is going to open up the passing game. This offensive line at Pittsburgh, all five starters are back. And I understand that fans are used to seeing Kenny Pickett, and Keaton Slovis is not Kenny Pickett. But Slovis is only a few years removed from being Pac-12 freshman of the year. Yeah. In three years at USC, including the down year he had last year, he threw for over 7,500 yards, 58 touchdowns, and completed 68% of his passes. Jared Wayne, a big-body receiver, should be a handful to cover in the red zone. Uh, Kenota Mumfield comes over from Akron. He was a freshman All-American. And he was like the one of the one of the top wide receivers who was transferring up from G five. He was a yep. big get for them. They think he can. I don't think they could. They think he could replace Jordan Addison, but they think that he can be the number one guy. And let's talk about this defense. Pittsburgh second in the nation in sacks last year, fifth in tackles for a loss. They returned six all conference players. Cansey, Baldonado, Alexander, all back on the defensive line. The whole defensive line is back. West Virginia offensive line, worst in the Big 12 in sacks and tackles for loss allowed. And rushing yards. They are going to live in the backfield. I'm talking about Pittsburgh's defensive yeah. front. They're going to live in the backfield. I know it's a battle of USC casts off. JT Daniels is now the quarterback at West Virginia. But give me the talent mismatch. Give me the Panthers at home. I'll lay the seven and a half. I'll play it up to eight. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this. I, I endorse this. Uh, you know, Pitt loses one guy from their secondary. West Virginia has one player in the secondary who started a, a college football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, 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 this is a very, very new look defense. They lost their top five tacklers from last year. Uh, I, I again, I think that Pitt 
is is nowhere near what they were a year ago. I don't think they have to be. I, I think defensively they're good enough here, uh, and, and I think Slovis is good enough that I think with a more balanced attack, he can have some success here. So I, I endorse this pit minus eight in the backyard brawl. All right, I will go next. I guess that's how we'll do it. We'll alternate. And I'll go with South Florida plus 12 at BYU. South Florida, one of the top teams in the country in returning talent. And then they bring in Jerry Bohannon from Baylor to play quarterback. This is the same Jerry Bohannon who won a Big 12 title last year at Baylor. <laughs> so he's instantly upgrades this offense, which is his surrounding cast is all experienced. Then they bring in Bob Shoup. Uh, who's been a D.C. at Vandy, Penn State, Tennessee, Mississippi State, most recently worked at Michigan and Miami. This is a guy who's been around some big-time programs. It's a massive get for a G5 school. I think he improves his defense. That was the problem with South Florida last year. Their defense was atrocious. They were 123rd nationally. They were awful against the run. And if Tyler Algier were still at BYU, I'd have some concern there. Tyler Algier's not at BYU. BYU's got backs. They don't have a bell cow like they had with him. This game is also going to be played in temps in the 90s. Humidity around 70%. Long travel for BYU. Guess what BYU's next two games are? Baylor, Oregon. Mm. I like South Florida to hang around in this game. I'll co-sign. I'm with it. Uh, From Thursday, I'll go to Friday. I got a Friday game. And to me, wrong team is favored. Now, that's a bold statement, right? That is. It's a bold statement. So not only do I think about taking the points, but I think about playing on the money line. And the spread in this game has gone in my direction to the point where Illinois was a three-point dog. They're now a one-point dog or a two-point dog in most places. So if you want to take the points, take the points. If you want to bet them on the money line, bet them on the money line because Illinois is winning this football game. Yeah, I, I thought Illinois, if, if my power ratings before last week, so preseason power ratings, I had this game Indiana minus one. And I saw enough from Illinois to say it's probably a pick them. Illinois yes. week zero, I said they impressed me. So I, I had this game as a pick So if you could have gotten three, man, I, I think that's it was crazy. Having a game under your belt helps you tremendously. They allowed just 30 passing yards to Wyoming last week. Now I'm not putting Wyoming on the level of Indiana. but <laughs> They might be. <laughs> 38 to 6. The Illinois offensive line should hold steady in this game, allowing Tommy DeVito to pick apart this Indiana defense. Chase Brown looked great against Wyoming, so he's going to look to set the tone early. Indiana last season allowed 33 points per game. They have brought in five new assistant coaches to put on Tom Allen's staff. Is that too many cooks in the kitchen? Too many cooks in the kitchen? Maybe. The offense was dead last in the conference last year. So what did they do? Fire the offensive coordinator, bring in a new OC. Who's their new OC? Walt Bell. Who's Walt Bell? He was the head coach at UMass. UMass in, good? In three seasons, he went 2-23. <laughs> and 23. That's not good. Before that, he was the offensive coordinator at Florida State. Oh, that hey, sounds nice. time program, yeah. right? So how did he do? Well, in 2018, well, he Florida, State, UMass, how did he do? <laughs> Florida State's offensive rankings out of 130 FBS teams, 
They were 114th in points per game, 107th in yards per play, 129th in yards per rush, 119th in first downs per game, 128th in third down conversions, 116th in red zone conversions. I can go on and on, but the bottom line is, this offense, I have no idea what to expect from them. Tom Allen said that he named the starting quarterback, but the public's not going to know until kickoff. So here are your options. Jack Tuttle was there last year. He's a fifth-year senior. He played when Michael Penix was hurt. Connor Bazelak is the transfer from Mizzou that comes in. They both took this. They, they both took equal snaps in the spring, in the summer, and in camp leading up to this game. I don't like that. I need my starting quarterback to get as much work with the number ones in a new-look offensive system. I need him to get as much work as he can. I don't need him splitting reps with anybody. I'm with you. And you know what they say when you have two quarterbacks? You have none. You don't have one. <laughs> Illinois wins this game. All right. I, it, listen, Illinois was one of my favorites this week, too. So uh, I, I fully endorse that one as well. I'm going to go Southern Miss plus three and a half, hosting Liberty. Southern Miss, if you look at them last year, you're going to go, why would you back this team? And if you look at the record, I would understand you saying that. They were maybe the most unlucky team when it came to injuries in the entire country. So Ty Keyes, their their quarterback, got to play four games last year. One of those, he was two of three passing before he left the game injured. One of those was against Alabama. So that's not going to tell you a whole lot. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. This is how unlucky or how hurt, if you want to call it, you know, luck or not. They had 11, 11 players throw a pass last year. 11 players. Late in the season, they were running the Wildcat with Frank Gore Jr. He was their leading passer in their last several games. That's how bad things got hmm. at quarterback for Southern Miss. As bad as everything went, they returned the third most production in the country. Liberty, not returning much production at all. Three players on each side. The three guys on offense they return, all linemen. That means you lose, you lose Malik Willis, who you can make a case for being, if you said, name the person who's the biggest percentage of their team's offense in the country, Malik Willis might be number one. Yeah. So they lose him. They lose all the skill position guys around him and lose a couple O-line. And they replace him. With Baylor cast off, turned Utah cast off, Charlie Brewer, who Charlie Brewer went to Utah after he graduated Baylor, thinking, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something big. Well, guess what you did, Charlie Brewer? You got benched for Cam Rising. Yep. So now he's going to the least talented team that he's played for. I don't expect much from Charlie Brewer. Uh, he's, he's probably most famous for it being absolutely destroyed by Trayvon Walker in the Sugar Bowl mm-hmm. on a late hit. Um, so it, it, Liberty, 52% on fourth down conversions last year. That's going to be a lot tougher without Malik Willis, let me tell you. I, I think that people aren't downgrading this Liberty team enough. I think that their identity, and I know Hugh Freeze is a, a good offensive coach. I, I, he's going to figure things out. I think Southern Miss is undervalued based on what you see from last season. I think Liberty is overvalued because we think of them as the team that had Malik Willis the last couple of years. Southern Miss plus three and a half for me. That's fair. That people are, you know, have that perception of them, sure. which it's natural. The public's going to have perception on all of these teams based on something that they saw in the past. Uh, I'm going to go to Houston 
the number 24 team in the nation, taking on Texas San Antonio. And full disclosure, I bet on Houston so many times last season. And I remember just talking on radio shows about how is this team not ranked in the top 25? How are they not ranked in the top 25? You're a Houston guy, you know. Yeah. But you know what? They lost the opening game last year to Texas Tech, and then they reel off, what, 11 straight wins. Yep. This, this team, they lose, obviously, to Cincinnati in the championship game. But Clayton Toon, who's been there forever, he's the year 40, 40-year 40 yeah. senior. He's back. And this offense is fantastic. I agree. 23rd in the country in passing last season. And you still have Nathaniel Dell, who had six 100-yard receiving yep. games last year. Also back, Kishon Carter is back. Uh, the two receivers that are elite. They don't want to repeat what happened last year losing in week one. Because they know it derailed their season. They know that they had a chance to be in that Cincinnati conversation. Remember, Cincinnati went to the college football playoff. In the same conference. Yeah. Houston had that chance. If Houston had a big win. Uh, Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. Sure, sure. But if Houston beat Texas Tech and went undefeated and then beat Cincinnati, they don't get there, but they get a New Year's Six Bowl game. And they're in the conversation with the top teams in the country. This defense, though, they get after the quarterback. Top five in the nation in sacks. Um you still have Nelson Caesar on the defensive line there, two veterans at the safety, and everyone loves UTSA for what they did last season. McCormick's not there anymore. The running back, he's gone. So is their left tackle. They only bring back five starters on defense, and maybe that's a good thing because the defense allowed over 260 yeah, passing defense. yards per game. But I think Houston remembers what happens la- what happened last season, and they're not going to let – a week one game derail them. I lean your way on this. I like the over. Uh, I think this Houston offense, and and to be honest, UTSA's offense, Frank Harris and, and all the wide receivers that they're bringing back, I think on a fast track indoors to start the season. It's at the Alamo Dome. Yeah, yep. this, this thing could be a, a total track meet. Uh, I, I, I'm with you. And one thing I know about Dana Holgerson if he's got a chance to put up big numbers, he's going to put up big numbers. Yep. So this, this is a statement game. I think this is a state. Also, UTSA I think is joining the American next season, and we all know Houston's going to the Big Twelve. Yeah, but it's kind of like, uh, hey, you think you can? You think you can play with the big boys in this conference? You think you can join this conference? Let's give him a welcome. We're going to show you about this conference. All right, uh, I'm going to go to the SEC for my next pick, Mississippi State. 16-point favorites now. Some money coming in on Mississippi State. I like it up to 17. Mississippi State is going to be one of the best passing offenses in the SEC again this season. I'll I'll say that, and and I'll I'll leave it there for a second. We'll talk about Will Rogers in a second. Defensively, Mississippi State is legit, particularly against the run. Now, what is Memphis's best chance to have any success whatsoever? Run the ball, control the clock. Good luck. This game last year that Memphis won, it could not be more misleading mm-hmm. 
of a, a fraudulent win doesn't even do it justice. We're talking about fumble returns. It's a completely different Memphis punt returns. Too. We're talking about uh, we're talking about things that shouldn't like whistles that, that plays that were blown dead that were allowed to continue <laughs> and scored points for Memphis. The box score shows that Mississippi State dominated that game. The yardage shows Mississippi State dominated that game. The offense returns eight starters. You don't think that they've watched that game on film all this week, that they have newspaper clippings from the Memphis local paper that is uh, that, 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 that shows the headlines of winning that game taped up on their locker room. I'm going to co-sign this with you, and we might as well make this our best bet of the podcast because I, I, I'm with you on this. I think Mississippi State – and and again, it pains me because you know I, people called me the American Athletic Conference guy because last year all I did was bet on Memphis and Houston. <laughs> and Memphis might be good but by the end of the year. It's this isn't the same team though. Mississippi State is going to blow them out. I'm with you. Listen, Will Rogers made a huge jump last year in year two. If he continues any kind of improvement, Will Rogers is going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Uh, so much turnover at Memphis too. I mean, Calvin Austin's gone. Yep. And it's just Seth Hennigan's back for his second year, but and. They have a coach who loves to run it up in Mike Leach. Yep. So, uh, and especially like Mike Leach got punched in the dick last year by Memphis. Find his inner pirate. Oh, our matey. <laughs> Mississippi State minus 16. That's the podcast best bet for this week. And I'll give you the eighth and uh, final play for our uh, contest. We've got, uh, you're, you're seventh. I've got the eighth. Okay, one. okay. Yeah. So, uh, all right, so we're going to give that as the best bet, Mississippi State. Here's my final play. Uh, I'm taking Boise State. At Oregon State. Um, the line here in this one, I know it's moved down. So the money has come in on Boise State, which makes me kind of think about taking the money line here. So Yeah, you lost two, you lost the three. Yeah, you lost the three. So it's two and a half. But I don't hate taking Boise State on the money line here. I think Boise State wins this game. Okay, because I was gonna ask you, there's some play, there's some books right now. You can get three, you have to pay one twenty. Would you rather play the money line? I think they win the game. Because you can get plus 120 on the money line. Yeah, I think they win the game. Okay. 17 starters back. Yeah. For Boise State. Andy Avalos is a defensive guy, right? I love this Boise defense, he man. He brings I love back it. his entire defensive line, his entire secondary, three of his four linebackers. PFF graded them as the 32nd best defense in the country last year. 19 points per game on defense. Opponents completed less than 58% of their passes against them. This is an elite defensive unit. And offensively, Hank Bachmeyer's back. The bulk of his offensive line is back. The Oregon State defense was a mess last season. Allowed over 250 yards per game through the air. And I think Boise is just collectively... A better unit. You want to talk about the sum of your parts? Boise is a better collective unit than Oregon State is right now. And so I think Boise goes into Corvallis and wins this game. I lean this way as well. I I, I think this is an under game. I I think Oregon State has a real hard time moving the football at all in this game. Uh, I I would have liked to have the three, but I'm with you. I I could see Boise winning this game outright. So... Mm Um, I, I just think Boise, the last last four games, last four regular season games last year, held all four opponents under 20 points. This Oregon State <laughs> offense is not good. It's not a good offense. It's it's just not. I, I don't. When Oregon State wants to grind, 
how are you going to grind against a defense like this? It's just you they're not they're not explosive enough to exploit Boise. And this is one I of, like this. This is one of the most uh returning the teams with the most returning yep. production. They're the most steady team in the country. All these starters back this is going to be a good team, probably the class of that conference. And, uh, yeah, I think it starts the season with a win on the road in Corvallis. All right, before we uh, get to the last pick, I want to give you guys a coupon. Scott75 at pregame.com. Scott75, that's $75 off any Scott Seidenberg subscription. That's good through Monday, so jump on it. Uh, Seven-day all-access, 30-day all-access. You want to get his full college football season. You want to get MLB 30-day all-access. Use that promo code SCOTT75. That's S-C-O-T-T, number seven, number five, at pregame.com. Just put it there in in your shopping cart. Add that in, and $75 discount at checkout. Scott 75. Scott already selling selling well here at pregame.com. So jump in, get all his stuff. Last game in the uh the eight pack, as it were. I guess we don't have a six pack. I wish we had twelve. No, twelve would be too many. I wish mm. it was six. Eight's just so many. Uh but, but here we gonna, are. But we're gonna we're entering this contest and and we're gonna we're shooting our shot. We're gonna make it happen, Captain. And I'm gonna go with a team we saw last week. And I was super impressed with. I thought Florida Atlantic and Charlotte was a coin flip game last week. Mm. And I get Charlotte. Charlotte's quarterback gets hurt. It didn't matter. That game, Florida Atlantic was way better than them. They nearly doubled them up in yardage. And Nikosi Perry looked like he looked, good. He looked like what he was he expected like to be yeah. back in the day. Mm-hmm. They ran the ball so well, and they did that without their top running back. They ran for over two hundred yards. And I, I guess he he's in some sort of trouble with the coach. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to play or not, but this is promising that they don't necessarily need him. Ohio, bad offense last year to begin with. They return almost nothing except their crummy quarterback, Curtis Rourke, who's dreadful last year. Last time we saw him against Bowling Green, 12 of 24, 103 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks. But, hey, your quarterback's back. Good luck, Ohio. They don't have any pass rush. The only way to, to make Nicosi you got to get Nicosi Perry uncomfortable. They don't have a way of doing it. If he's not pressured, I think he feasts in this game. I, it's funny you talked about earlier, like, do you prefer a team that's already got a game under their belt or do you prefer a team who's rested? I think I prefer the team that's got a game under their belt too. Florida Atlantic minus four at Ohio, uh, I, I think certainly would make our card this week. I like Nicosi Perry. I like what I saw from him last week. And you're right. This guy was hyped up when he was at Miami. And this is not an Ohio team that scares me. No. I don't know what, again, it's not like I am have so much faith in Florida Atlantic, but I'm going with the more talented athlete here. And Nikosi Perry is probably the best athlete on the field. I, I don't doubt it. All right. Before we get out of here, you guys know if you followed the pod last year, I love to play totals. This contest doesn't allow for totals. I'm going to give you a total every week, though. Let's go. This week, it's North Carolina. North Carolina, App State, numbers at 55 and a half. If you, if you saw North Carolina play last week, I'm sorry, first of all, against Florida a and <laughs> uh, There's some cause for concern. Florida A&M almost didn't make the trip to Chapel Hill because they had 25 players ruled ineligible. Mm-hmm. Going into the fourth quarter of that game, 
North Carolina was up 11. With five seconds to go in the first half, North Carolina was up seven. Florida Florida A&M hung around with them. The concern isn't with North Carolina's offense, though. Drake May looks poised. He looks sharp. And honestly, he looked every bit as good as Sam Howell looked at his best last year. Five touchdown passes. He spread the ball around, though he did find Josh Downs for nine catches and two of those scores. And the running game, Omarion Hampton, 14 carries, 101 yards, and two touchdowns. Now they get an App State team that's without five of their top seven tacklers from last year. I think North Carolina's offense is going to have some more success. The real concern, though, on that defensive side, if you're letting a team, for a, a, an FCS team, hmm that had seven available offensive linemen push you around. And now I would say App State for a G5 team has an elite offensive line. And they've got a quarterback in Chase Bryce who threw for 317 and four touchdowns in their bowl game. Yeah. If you couldn't stop a decimated Clemson, FCS offense. quarterback, by the way. Yeah. If you couldn't stop this decimated FCS offense, what are you going to do against a legit scoring attack in App State, I think this has shootout written all over it. Until North Carolina's defense proves something to me, I'm just going to assume that they stink. So I like North Carolina App State over 55 and a half this week. I kind of like it. I kind of. I think I'll co-sign that with you. Um, let me ask you real quick. Ask it. Minnesota, New Mexico State. We saw New Mexico State lose. That was our only loss last week yeah. know, on the podcast. That was my pick, and it lost. Gavin Frakes, the true freshman quarterback, looked really good. He did. And I'll stand by this. If he starts that game, New Mexico State beats Nevada by double digits. They at least win the game. I that's agree how with that. Good, that's yeah. how good he looked. Or that's how bad Pavia looked. Yeah. yeah. This number has been bet down from 57, I believe it opened up. The at, total? Yeah. Down to 53. Minnesota, probably, they're 35 and a half point favorites. They have a legit shot to cover this. Do they want to embarrass their former head coach and Jerry Kill? I don't think so. Do, if I do, is Jerry Kill does Jerry Kill's scheme lend to being embarrassed? I would say not often. That's the thing. So if New Mexico State tries to keep play keep away here, they're gonna they're gonna be a. I'll, I'll write this down now. They will be a bottom 20 team in pace by the end of the year. Like, I, I just given what I saw against Nevada, they're in no rush. Mm-hmm. I, I know that you've lost four points of value here on the open. It's the I, only way I could look. But I still think it goes under. I, I agree. It's the only way I could look. I just, Minnesota's going to run the ball. They're going to bully New Mexico State. New Mexico State's going to milk the clock on every play. I just think this winds up being like a 38-6 finish, I can something see that. like that. Yeah. Kind of like the score we saw Illinois against Wyoming. Yep. Ugly, That's the ugly type game. of game I think this could be. I agree. I think it's more so the Illinois-Wyoming game than the Hawaii-Vanderbilt game. So here's what we got then. It looks like you're going to give a total every week too. Well, I asked a question about a total. I think you know, I'm just saying. I think that's the way that's the, that's the way this is headed. All right, that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for all the I, listen. I know it's easy to give positive feedback when we have a good week, 
uh, and we had a good week last week. So, uh, we're, listen, we're hoping that we can keep it going. And if we do, tell your friends. Uh, you know, pump up the pod, and we're going to try and keep getting better for you guys. So, and, and we're excited about having this contest to share with you guys as well. Thanks to McKenzie for making things happen in the back. Thanks to Scott. Thanks to you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week. You out tackle, you out hit them, you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt.